Blog Talk Radio. Oh, no. 
<laughs> Sounds like roasted yeah, fried uh, chicken to me. But go ahead. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I never I never made it that way. Um, I was like, yeah, I, it ain't even the fourth year. I, I mean, it's always good to try something new. Look. <laughs> but let the world know who you are, what you do. Okay, I do a lot. So where do you want me to start? You want me to go podcast on down, author on down? What do you want to do? Start, start, with, the, start with the author and all, all the way down. Okay, so my name is Zakia McCoy. I am an author. You can find a ton of my books on Amazon right now. And if you happen to come to one of my events or you win on Cook Old Positivity, which is my podcast, you can get a signed copy of any of my writing work. I am also a caterer and a mother and all of that fun stuff. I provide writing work for others. I help other people with ideas as far as lyrics and scripts and getting their podcast started. So that that's me. <laughs> and just an all around positive person I try to be. In this crazy world we live in. Too long to watch. Thank you. <laughs> I like that though. I need to give me one. I'm trying to get me some sound effects for the podcast. All right. I got it on the little switchboard. I told my uh, program director, like, hey man, we need some, some hand claps. You know, we got some snaps in there for the poet. We got that. And we got, I think I, there's another sound effect. It's like an all sound effect, which is pretty fun. Did I win? From the look, the finishing the lyrics from the Usher song, I just, I just randomly thought about that. You win. Okay, so this is how that works, right? If you get the lyrics correctly, which I believe you did, you get five raffle entries additional to your participation. So you got two okay. raffle entries for your participation. You got three raffle entries for actually, you know, submitting the voice recording. And then you got five extra raffle tickets for getting it right. So you definitely did win. And you win big because you can get picked. (laughs) I be seeing you. We appreciate it, too. Look. So let me tell you how we met. We met. Uh, I, I actually have no idea how the fuck I even got into the damn group chat or the. Pay, I don't know, but it's a, but it's a podcast page <laughs> on Facebook. Somebody threw me in the damn messenger or whatever. I don't always check my messages because I just get a shit ton from whoever, whatever. If it ain't really related to what I'm trying to do as far as uh you know, radio or whatever, I don't be paying attention. But I was like, oh, podcast, what the fuck is this? So I jumped into it, see a bunch of people comment, whatever. Um, I forgot who commented and maybe respond first. But whatever the case, I met Zakia. We did another show called uh, You Don't Know Shit, right? She was my opponent. Yes, the shit podcast. my ass, y'all. 
the entire game. I thought I knew some shit. It even got to my own subject of basketball, and I still failed. That's how bad it was. Well, let's be honest. Like, neither one of us knew our know-your-shit categories. Let's be clear. (laughs) Because you got more points for my category than I did. It was pretty dope though. So it's just, it's just, I'm just like uh, networking with whatever, and you meet some, some cool people. And I met Makaya and shit. Here we are now. I've I been on her show. Now she's on mine. We did other shows. I'm part of the family, and she's a part of the family. So we'll be on yes. You gonna, you gonna hear, you gonna hear us a lot, collaborating a lot. <laughs> we like to keep a, a good family circle. Our circle is hella wide Indo. right now, but we try to keep it in. <laughs> hella wide. Right? How did you start out? What gave you the idea of starting your own podcast and calling it Cooking Positive? Okay. So that is two separate stories. <laughs> I wanted to do something to combine my writing work and my love for cooking in a way to advertise you know, both of my businesses. And I found, like, in my life, I found a moment of peace, and I was always, you know, being positive. And everybody was asking me for advice on how to stay positive, how to be positive. And I was like, you know, you got to change your thinking, first of all. You know, you can't think negative and expect positive things to happen. You know, then one of my mentors and one of my coaches, Dave Anderson, I normally don't say his name because people be like, what? He's your mentor? Yes, he's one of my mentors. He was doing a live, and I just happened to, you know, be on listening. And he was saying stuff like, you know, if you want to find a way to get your voice out there, what are you waiting for? Like, there are so many platforms. If you want to start a talk show, there are so many platforms. If you want to start a podcast, why can't you start a podcast tomorrow? And then he named a few, you know, podcast apps that you could start for free. And then I started looking into it. And I was like, podcast is just, you know, internet radio. I could do that. I have creative ideas. I can put some stuff together. I can do that. So (laughs) I ended up researching, like, a a bunch of, you know, podcast platforms and things like that. And the easiest one for me was actually Anchor, which is now, you know, Spotify now. They are a Spotify podcast now, but when they were Anchor, I was on that beginning front, and Cooking with Positivity, I came up with the name because of the notion that when you cook in a good mood and you put love into your food, your food turns out good. And I love to spread positivity. I'm an extremely positive person. I believe a positive mindset will bring you much happiness and much success 
no matter what, no matter what it is you're doing. If it's your love life, if it's your business, if you are thinking positive and you're making positive steps and strides, success is going to come regardless. And if you keep your space positive, positivity is going to come back to you. So that's how I got into the whole realm of even thinking about a podcast, and that's how I came up with Cook Positivity. And the rest is, as they say, history. I've been doing this since, what, 2019? No, I'm lying. It was before 2019 because it was way before the pandemic. (laughs) But it's been some years. It's been some years. And I'm loving it. It never feels like, you know, work. It always feels good when I see listeners. I'm like, somebody's listening. I'm not just talking into the void, you know. (laughs) And I love to bring positive energy to people. I love people to have fun. That's why we play games. We love food. That's why we talk about food. And you met my co-host, Lisa. She's she's a foodie as well, you know. (laughs) So she's into it. And she does the music and stuff. So together we made it work. so big, but at the same time, it's small. My background is similar. I definitely started off on Anchor with my own podcast. I called it um, Talk Your Ish. Uh, and, um, I started okay. around the same time, like a little, a little bit right before the pandemic, because Mr. Mark Zuckerberg kept blocking me and shit on fucking, kept banning me on Facebook for me talking shit all the time. Oh, well. So I'm like, man, yeah, I'm that, 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 uh... platform, so I can, you know what I'm saying? Platform, and then I got put on the anchor. At the time, it was before it became Spotify, and yeah, it was it was cool. I, I was like, I'm, I'm digging it. And then uh, I kept seeing one of my real close friends, shout out to B Trey. He was posting about this uh, OG radio. I'm like, shit, radio show of my alley. I'm like, what's up with it? Like, what is it about? He's like, <laughs> you want to be a host? Hell yeah, I'll be a host. And then shit, as you say, the rest is history. I didn't, uh, since I've joined the show, uh, we are, uh, I'm about three, four years in, we started off as just, well, the show's been around about 12, 13, 14 years now, but I've been on the past four, and when I started, it was strictly just music, just artists, and then we branched out to more people, entrepreneurs, whatever, whatever you do in life, anything great and positive. We bring them on. And then right. poetry came to play. Shout out to Genesis, um, my other co-host on Thursdays. She came in with the poetic mindset, and then that grew to uh, live shows. We're having our sixth show this Saturday. Okay. It started blowing up. So now, four years ago to now, we are almost at our 500th show since I've been on. Damn, Let's wild. go. Okay. <laughs> right? Like I, I, that, oh, they rack up I, real I, fast. I, I tell you. Yes, we're going into season 14 in August when we come back. Yeah. So yeah. It happens pretty quickly. Oh, somewhere where we at. 
hundred percent. Yeah, we're somewhere around season thirteen, fourteen, something like that. I should have been ending it, but I'll probably end it next week. Give myself a break. <laughs> but who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I mean okay. I, like, I don't feel like I actually need a break. I just you know, my co host requests, you know, that we have a break that we control because you know, things took place, you know, not so positive, and we were forced to, you know, take a break. So it wasn't in our control. So we scheduled a break, a summer break this time. <laughs> so if you don't, you don't hear us, you don't get an episode every day, it's because we're on break. None of us are sick. We are healthy. We are staying positive, and we are out. Living life. To need some time. When I first started, I was doing shows four times a week: Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Every week, I was doing four shows. Now I'm like, man, it's getting a little. As I started to kind of get a little bigger, locally known, and meeting people and networking and shit, I'm like, I, right, I need, I need some, some co-hosts. I need something because shit, I can't oh, think yeah. of, you know, <laughs> all these topics. Four days out of the day a week, but now I've just dumbed it down to I my myself. I have Mondays and Tuesdays. My co-hosts take care of Thursday. We have another co-host that does Thursday morning, and then my program director and another co-host does Friday. Because I'm like, yeah, I need. I see. Yes, you definitely do, and and that is what you know. Having the podcast has taught me as well, because. I sometimes can get into the creative vortex and I can, you oh, know, yeah. just be on go all the oh, time. Yeah. And a lot of the times I'm normally juggling, you know, a good amount of things. Like if I do a catering event, I try to make sure I'm not in the writing process. And if I am doing a catering event, I try to make sure, like, I got at least three three or four episodes done, you know, for the podcast. So I don't have to, you know, worry about, oh, my God, I didn't get an episode up today. Oh, my God, I didn't write that, you know, paragraph or chapter today. So I had to learn, you know, space that thing out a lot. And it, it's it's been well, working. Like I said, we just scheduled, you know, a summer break. But before that, you know, when I first started, it was just me. And like you said, uh, co-hosts are very important. <laughs> Reliable co-hosts are even more important. That's why I love I love Lisa because she is she is the bomb dot com. Like, if I call her and I be like, hey, we got a sponsorship, I need you to record this. Or if I be like, hey, you know, we need to do a host chat right quick. We got a guest that needs to be scheduled right now. You know, she can normally finagle it, move stuff around, and we can get on the same page. We don't have no, you know, no qualms, no hiccups. And I can rely on her to get the stuff done that I need to get done. And vice versa, like, if she asked me to do a promo, yes. 
shit is very And and, and with your it's, show, you sound like live. Like there's a bunch of y'all. Yeah, it's, it's, it grew. It grew a lot. My my program director, when he first started, it was just him. Like he was doing it all by himself. We also have OG TV. He was doing, you know, live events, doing the TV show right then and there on top of live, uh, you know, interviews and whatnot. He was doing all of that in this, in DJing. And then it grew to where he was able to bring us on. And now, you know, we brought some other people on. And it's it's growing like it's it's woo. We finally got t-shirts, and that's a beautiful thing. Look, that's a beautiful thing, and I love that. Yeah, my co-host, she bought an island. A lot of motherfuckers on Earth who could sit here and say that they black living in America and bought an island. Um, here in Chicago, um, Chicago land area up in Aurora, she bought a little body of uh, water and purchased some land, and people now can come book it and camp out there or host whatever event. So she got her first booking. Uh, I believe they're going to do it sometime this month. So that's pretty dope. I, I went out there, and uh, what, I think last year we went and checked out the place. Congratulations to her. Congratulations to her. I've been saying I'm getting me an island. Look, (laughs) I need to talk to Miss Genesis. She sounds like she's up my alley. Poetry and an island. We speak in the same language. I I definitely will (laughs) because she's also an author as well. She published her poetry book. That's been selling. Thunderstorms are meant to be my friend. You can find that everywhere, especially on Amazon. Amazon, yeah. Um, so she's been doing a lot of book signings and everything. She recently just had one. She we she just we just, we got our own spot now to do our poetry shows, and she's doing a grand opening Friday for the book signing and everything. So I'm gonna definitely give you her information because. Yes, yeah, for she sure. Loves networking and meeting people. <laughs> we oh, we would love to have her on positivity cushion look. Oh, listen, Hell yeah. be I'm, there for it. Networking. Networking. Networking is major, especially in this space that we're in. People don't understand, I like think that I had a lot. No, I was just going to say, people get it twisted. Like, they feel like if they network with people that they're losing something because we do similar things. But if we collaborate, everybody wins. I learned that. You have a different audience platform. (laughs) Yes. I used to think that uh, I had to go to school for this shit. So for, for a minute, I was considering Illinois Media School and shit because I've seen how people kind of got their okay. networking. But I'm like, but I'm like, why the fuck would I do that when one before I got into radio, I already knew a shit ton of people. Right. Right. Once I started doing radio, you know, we done interviews with Twister and his hype man and uh, Do or Die, a bunch of artists. You know what I'm saying? And 
you know, we conducted ourselves in good ways, good business. So I'm now meeting more and more people. Then I'm going out to doing events and networking this and that way. So now I was like, well, people know who Radio Rail is. I didn't need to go to school for this shit. So the people that I wanted to meet, I ended up meeting anyway. Like I thought I had to go to school to meet the people, uh, the radio host at Power 92 radio station. I didn't have to do that. And I, uh, I went to some, uh, I was doing media for another show, and I met the damn radio host at Power 92. Um, his name is Shandell here in Chicago. And I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't go to school because I, I, I'm a firm <laughs> believer that if your path is meant to cross somebody, it'll, it'll cross, you know. So if it's meant to be, oh, it's yeah. meant to be. Oh, yes. I definitely concur. I was – when I first started out, like, you know, I was just asking people to be on my podcast. And, you know, I follow a lot of people who I deem positive, who speak to my life and my spirit. And like I said, I follow Dave Anderson. Now he's been on the Breakfast Club and $50 worth of game, all, all of these, Ricky Smalley, all of that. So I had a bit of, you know, trepidation wanting to ask him to be on the show. But I was like, let me just bite the bullet. What's the worst he could say? No. So let me just ask him. And I told him, you know, during our interview that I was nervous, you know, to ask him to be on the show. And he was like, I'm just a man like everybody else. I bleed. I got flesh just like you do. And I and once he said that to me, it set in so deep that I'm not afraid to ask anybody <laughs> to be on my show. I be in everybody DMs, I be in everybody inbox, I be in everybody emails. Uh, my my co-host Genesis, she uh she told me she sent me uh, a link that Dave East, the the rapper Dave East, had posted on Instagram. Love Dave East. Back in April, right? She was like, hey, just send him some beats. He's checking people's beats out. I'm like, ah, you know, these mainstream artists, they don't really give a fuck, you know what I'm saying? But I was like, fuck it. I'll just do it anyway, right? Didn't think nothing of it. Recently, just recently, he hits me up. I was like, hey, yo, your, your beats is fire, bro. Like, the only thing we need to do is get your followings up. I was like, oh, shit, like, Davey, for real, for real, responding. Like, damn, I'm going to for sure now just start DMing people. But, you know, you know, niggas, you know, shit come with a price, but, you know, I ain't ain't got the amount of money he was talking about. But it's just nice to know that he did reach out. And then, again, full circle, if it's meant to happen, for me to collab with him later in life, it'll happen. Right now, I'm like. It'll definitely happen. (laughs) If that's your path, it will happen. Look, look. And I played your beats on the podcast. It was dope. Look. I love doing this because, for me, I've learned that God gave me the gift of gab. And I speak for those who are afraid (laughs) to speak. I don't give a damn how anybody may feel about what I say. I'm going to say it. And if it strikes controversy because the world is full of controversy, then so be it. But sometimes certain things need need to be said. So, like, 
If you're afraid to say it, let me know. I'll say it for you. Never really. Right. Okay, I never really had to. I've never been quote unquote canceled or had backlash. Like a lot of people give me shit because I call the um, the uh, LGB the, the the community. I call them ABC community. But because I have <laughs> a lot of friends I in mean, the community, they give me the pass to say it. So I'll be like ABC community. Like I don't. They cool with you know the jokes, some of the jokes. But I, I know my limits. I know what to say, what not to say. Some people be like, oh, you shouldn't right. say that because of X, Y, and Z. But I'm like, hey, if my friends are cool with it, and some of them are like my brothers and my sisters and shit, if they ain't tripping, I ain't gonna trip. Yeah, I, 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 I understand exactly what you're saying, but I'm of that, that mindset. I don't be touching that. Them buttons, that ain't my business. I yeah, did a guy who um, used... I do know a lot of hosts who who don't uh, touch on that subject. They don't touch on religion. I try to stay away from it for the most part, but if I have to, I will. But I, those are two things I, I, I talk about community stuff. Like, if, if I have to, cool. But I, I'd rather stay away from it because I don't want to get into the politics of that because some of that is not meant for me to understand <laughs> and I don't want to speak on something I don't know. That's what and I'm saying. And then when religion, I definitely, definitely try to stay out of it. Because mugs, boy, I'm, some people are I'm of the mind of you can talk about anything as long as you're coming from a respective, you know, and positive place. And like you say, you have a past. Now, I, I find the past thing a little, you know, little subject because, like I said, I was dating a guy. He was of the pillar persuasion, and he likes to use the N-word. And when I told him I, um, I don't appreciate that word around me, especially coming from you, he came back at me like, you know, I have friends. And all of my friends allow me to say it. And yeah, I was like, you know, that's fine for them. <laughs> that's fine for them, right. but I don't know. I'm not feeling that. Yeah, that's not what And it was, it, right it, 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 I don't, <laughs> listen. I don't, hey, if you're not black, you can't say it. I don't care if it's the er, the uh, the ear. Uh, nah. Yeah, and and that when he first when he first ever said it, I was like smacked. I felt like somebody just smacked me in the face, and I was like, "Whoa!" You know, yeah. did you just say what I like, thought you said? <laughs> For me, nowadays, like clearly, you know, everything has changed. So, like, you know, I, I feel like everybody's fucking saved. It's kind of ridiculous. You get. Mexicans calling other Mexican niggas and Chinese people. Like, it's so weird. But it's like, the whites gave that, called us that shit in a derogatory way. And we took that word, flipped it, made it our own. And then it's like, now you trying to say it again? Like, you, hey, take, you, yep. you had the yep. word. That was your time. <laughs> you keep that shit. It don't even affect us no more. You keep that. But you ain't finna take the A from us. 
and that ends up, but that is where it, it took me to. It took me to a space where I was just like, I'm not comfortable. I want to punch you in the face. So to keep me from feeling like I want to punch you in the face, for listeners, because you can't see me, I'm a very proud black woman. Ain't no hiding my blackness. I rock a fro. I'm very outspoken. My skin color is beautiful. I'm very melanated. (laughs) My kids are very melanated. And it's something that I take seriously. And when he said that, it took me out of that space and took me back to a space that I never want to be in again. And I told him, like, we can't date no more. This is not this is not gonna work. <laughs> because he could not understand why he couldn't people. say it. <laughs> wow. So he couldn't understand Friends why he understand, couldn't yeah. say it. Because his friends gave him a pass and was like, it's okay. So I, when I hear, so crazy. yeah, my friends gave me a pass, I'm like, oh, boy. And now other people get offended. Right. You, uh, said, you said, well, I was 19 uh, in college, and, um, you know, uh, it was diverse. I went to a college that was pretty diverse. You know, everybody got along with everybody. Uh, we was chilling in my homie's dorm room. Everybody was black. Of course, there was one white guy. He was, you know, he was uh, my my uh, homie's roommate, whatever. He was cool for the most part, but I always had a feeling he was low-key racist. That's about I just homie. didn't like, right? So they was arguing. They was going back and forth about the dishes and shit that was in there because the dude would always come home, cook, and never really clean the dishes. And it was crazy because he was in culinary. So it was like, nigga, you, you, what the fuck? You should do the dishes. But anyway, <laughs> they arguing, they arguing. That's probably why he didn't do the, the dishes. I would just say as a culinary. Right? <laughs> oh, do man. this. Me, my girlfriend at the time, my homie, his girlfriend, two other black guys, right? So that's what, four, five, six of us, right? Mm-hmm. They arguing. The white guy, Matt, goes, you know what? You know what? Fuck you, nigger. <laughs> oh, no. Woo. I jumped up out of my seat so damn fast to try to catch him, and he ran out the damn he ran, he ran. He knew he fucked up when he said it. He had ran his ass up oh, out, the, uh, out the damn door room because we was going to beat his ass. <laughs> so, like, three hours later, he come back apologizing and shit. Like, man, don't ever in your life think that I was ever okay to say that shit in a room full of black people. You know, like, if you stand around one person, if they let you slide, then they let you slide, you know, which would be odd to me to let you slide. But you said that in front of six black people. That shit was crazy. Like you can't see that's where I am. (laughs) And that's why I am on the past situation. If you have a past with a certain group of people, you have a past with a certain group of people. You don't have a past with everybody. (laughs) Exactly. That's your past to be around them. 
feel comfortable, say what you want, say how you feel. But I looked at look at that as a positive because he showed me something I probably would have had to date him for like six months to figure out if he uses the word. And he's like, I never use the word towards you. Mm, nope. Just the fact that you use the word. Whether I accept it or not, it's just you're still saying it. And it is, it is, it was around me. It wasn't, you know, he wasn't talking about me, and he wasn't talking about, you know, a person per se. Right. He just said it, and I was just like, whoa. And then we were listening to music, and he really started going in. And I was just like, you yeah, know, this is this is not gonna work. Anymore, but it is okay. Been to, <laughs> I've been out with friends at a club or a bar, and they're playing uncensored rap music, right? And the white people are saying the lyrics to a black song, and then of course, nigga popped up, right? You just look around and see who all say it. And it's surprising everybody said that shit. I'm never, I'm never surprised anymore. That's the thing. <laughs> never surprised anymore. When I, when I see it, because a lot of the time, and I just had this conversation with my, one of my best friends, you know, yesterday. She said, like, of the culture, right? A lot of the times, they still of the culture. Now, I know of non-melanated people who are of the culture. They grew up with us. They live with us. They date us. They marry us. They are of the culture. But I also feel like they don't say it because they understand what it means because they are of the culture. And a lot of the times I feel like people get that misconstrued. Like, you know, I understand I I'm I'm from New York, so I'm from a very diverse melting pot. I went to school with every ethnicity you can think of. So when people are like, Okay, it's just a word, it's not just a word. And the fact that you don't understand it's not just the word, it's part of the problem. Right. So if you if you are able to educate someone, and I'm not recommending everybody do this because I understand we don't want to be everybody's token Negro or have to explain, you know, black things, American things, or nigger things, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, but if you get the opportunity to actually educate someone on the reason why that word is so offensive when used by a non-melanated person, then take the opportunity. If you feel like they'll listen, if you feel like they'll really understand, take the opportunity. Instead of just giving them a pass. Because you love them and you feel be, like they're right. good person. 
crazy thing to me be how some of these white folks think that they still have power when they say it. Like, uh, for me, a couple years ago, I was at a gas station. I was by my job, right? Random ass white dude, older guy, was like, fuck you, nigga. I looked at him. Really? I'm like, fuck you, nigga. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like you thought I was from a, like, I called him a nigga back, and he just looked at me and then just walked away. Like, you, you, you thought I was hurt, motherfucker? I'm not hurt because you said it. I was going to whoop your ass, but no, I had to go back to work. Yeah, we took you know? the power back. <laughs> like, what, what you thought I was going to cr- cringe back. up or cry? Like, what the fuck? Like, why do people really be thinking no, that they got and power I feel like... they say, oh, fuck you, like, you know? No, and I feel like that that goes to show, like, when people use it in that derogatory way and in intentions of hurting you, you just let me know what kind of person you are. And I'm okay with that. That's a positive in my eyes because now I know how to deal with you. Right. I, I was Because it's like, it's one one major thing is gonna happen anytime you say that to anybody that's black, you go get your ass whooped. So it's like, why say it? Back then, we couldn't whoop your ass. You know, we were getting hosed down and dogs, you know, chasing us and shit. But now you just go get your ass whooped. So like, why even decide to push your luck and say it? Like you felt big and bad in that moment, and then in that moment, you knew you fucked up. <laughs> That'd be so crazy. I mean, because I have, I actually have a poem, you know, called "My Nigga." Now it's not, it's not about you know what people think. <laughs> it's actually about a good friend of mine, and when we met, because he's of the opposite sex, he was trying to pay for my food, and I wouldn't allow him. I was like, nope, I'm not going to owe you nothing. I don't know you. Why are you trying to pay for my food type situation? And later on down the line, because everybody was like, well, what are y'all? Because y'all not really brother and sister. You know, y'all not really, you know, related. Y'all not dating. Like, what are y'all? And he was like, that's my nigga. And from that day forward, it it has just been. That has just been us. It just sums up all of us. <laughs> we didn't have to put, you know, too big of a label on it. That was it. And when I wrote the poem, you know, I had a non-melanated customer who purchased my book, and she was like, um, um, very taken aback, and I'm very shocked because I thought, you know, you're a good writer. I thought, you know, this would be, you know, a better read. Said, well, you know, what made it not such a good read for you? I'm always open to feedback and constructive criticism. And what she said was the N-word poem for me was very off-putting. And then I asked her, I said, well, did you read the poem? Oh, no, I couldn't even get past the title. And I was like, 
you couldn't get past the title, but you felt the need to criticize and give me feedback on it. If you would have read it, you would have understood this is about somebody I hold dear to me. This is a friend. This is my loved one. It wasn't derogatory. It wasn't trying to be an activist or anything like that. It was a love letter to my friend. Oh, I didn't know that. And I was like, yes, if you take the time to read, you know, which is the reason why you bought the book, instead of just being offended and, oh, I'm so taken aback and I'm so shocked, and now I'm not a good writer because I use that word in my writing. I use a lot of words in my writing that um, a lot of people will (laughs) not enjoy. But I'm a grown-ass woman, and I speak how I speak, and I don't hold back in my writing either. But when she said that, I actually talked to my circle, and I was like, did I do something wrong, you know, by putting this in there? Because I don't want people to take it like her and, you know, be offended or off-put. But I had to learn the hard way that, you know, when you write, it's it got to come from you first. Then it goes to the consumer, the reader, or whatever. But if it doesn't it come crazy. from you, it's not authentic. <laughs> I found it funny that more white people are offended by the word than we are. I always just found that funny there. Somebody said it out in the social setting. Before any black person can respond, here go a white person. Oh my God, you shouldn't say that. It's like, why are y'all, why are you offended by the word? Like, I mean, I, I get it. Because I get it. it's, it's like, partly shame. It's partly shame. A lot of shame. And a lot of shame. It's partly. No, I say partly because, you know, a lot of people are not directly connected to slavery in the way that we think, like, the ancestors didn't own our ancestors or whatever. So it's partly shame because they don't talk about race and equality the way we talk about race and equality in our house. They're not met with it, you know, every day. They're not met with the stories and things like that. So it's partly shame because they don't have to live it every day. They don't have to live with it, think about it if they don't want to. And I'll say the other part is trying to be an ally to try to make sure that you know they are not on the other side of the people that use the ER. They're on your side. They definitely be trying to be on our side. Like, man, fuck that. You with them. <laughs> in that moment, you with them. Fuck what you talking about. You with them. But um, we definitely uh, got to do a part two to this because this was, this was fun. Whatever you want me. Well, I can't say that. When, when my schedule permits, <laughs> if we can line it up, I'm back. I'm ready. Let everybody know where they can find 
You can find me if you Google Cooking with Positivity, if you Google Zakia McCoy, the author, if you Google ZRZ Catering, everything pops up. I know because I've Googled myself plenty of times. I try to see what page I find myself on. I try to see where I come up in listings and what comes up when you actually search me. So you can find me on Instagram, TikTok. I'm not on Snapchat. I don't do that. Facebook, uh, <laughs> LinkedIn. I'm I'm everywhere. Cook on positivity is wherever you can hear podcasts. And make sure y'all come on because we we love positive people and we love getting your story out and helping you promote yourself. My sister, because we are one of the same. I Google myself all the fucking time, all the time, <laughs> all the fucking time. The main one that pops up is TikTok, but I definitely Google the hell out of myself all the time. The main one that pops up for me is Facebook, Instagram follows, Twitter come up nah, sometimes. Not Snapchat either, right? interview. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm out here. <laughs> Find me, man, Instagram, Radio Rail 1290. Um, for those who are here in Chicago, we have a show coming up this Saturday. Hit my inbox, DM me. If you got my number, text me about the info. But it's this Saturday, 745. To, no, sorry, 730 to 1045. Um, I don't give, I'm not going to give out the location. So just hit me up for the location. Tickets are 25. If you want the VIP puff pack, it's 45, 40, 45 bucks. But y'all know how we coming. It's our six shows, grand opening. Y'all know how we, how we do it. Uh, I want to let you know, Zakia, that our show are not just heard here locally. We are heard in over 30, 40, maybe 50 countries now, different countries. All right. So this episode is heard by all over the world outside of the United States. And looking at the numbers right now, because we were definitely just heard in the United States about 80. uh, It was was at like 98%. And now we're finally all the way down to 79% with other countries giving us more listens. So the second leading is India with 3%, Bulgaria, Brazil, Japan. Okay. So shout out to those countries. So all these foreigners calling in, listening, and all that, tuning in all the time. So uh, you can catch this uh, on Spotify, Apple Music, or Apple Music, goddamn, Apple Podcast, anywhere you can find the <laughs> podcast. 15 minutes after. And no, my books translate to all of those countries that you said. Look, I'm out here. (laughs) You you my sister. We out here. (laughs) What you want to say to the world? Well, world, I just want y'all to know if you stay positive, positive things happen. And if you want some more positive energy, make sure you check me out. I'm like candy. I'm worldwide. You feel me? <laughs> Y'all know me, man. Love what you do. Do what you love. I'm going to play this out to my boy, 
James Houston Jr. down in Tennessee. This song is called My Baby. You can catch him on Apple Music. Again, that's James Houston Jr. Good night, everybody, and thank you, Zakia, for calling in, taking the time out of your day for this lovely interview. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. <laughs> no problem. And we are out, y'all. It's your favorite host is Bernard Toes Radio Rail, and we are out. Gonna find my girl Gonna find her tonight And gonna take her for a ride In the middle of the night Gonna kiss her hand And tell the Lord amen Cause I think that I And that I found my girl Gonna find my baby I'm gonna kiss her in the morning and hug her at night. I'm gonna find her. I'm gonna hold her. I'm gonna kiss her. To my home down in Tennessee, and gonna take a bite of Memphis to show them more about me. Gonna drive down the hill and grab a good old barbecue. Gonna take the down the riverside and get a little frisky. I'm gonna find my baby. I'm gonna kiss her in the morning and hug her at night. I'm gonna find her. I'm gonna hold her. I'm gonna kiss her. Baby